welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. We have an incredible privilege this morning, and I am so excited that Pastor Andrew from 414 Church is going to be bringing the word this morning. Can we give him a shout? So Pastor Andrew is an overseer for our church here, and he and his wife Shyla, as they pastor 414 Church in West Dallas, have sown so many seeds in the Soul Revival Church. They have blessed us abundantly. They, they have, from day one, invited us to follow them and to learn from them. When they were out of high school, brought us in, let us watch them load in and load out in preparation for this journey we were going to step into. They were like, don't worry. It's hard work, but it's worth it. And now we get to see God's favor from the seeds they've been planting and see how they've been blessing their church. And they got not one but two buildings. Like, woo, can we give God a shout of praise? See, there's a difference between praise and honor, right? So only God deserves our praise, but it's so important that we honor those who sow seed into our lives, that we honor those that are following Jesus with all their heart, that we honor those that are worth following. And you guys are certainly worth following. And the fact that you've invested into our lives in such a way and given us wisdom and guidance and blessed us with trailers and all kinds of stuff that they would never tell you that they did, but they made this possible and the seeds they've sown into Soul Revival to see how God's growing them and it's just getting started. Uh, But right now they're on a sabbatical and he's like, yeah, but I'd still love to speak to Soul Revival Church. So the fact that he would take the time to come out and do that when it's a time of rest for their family, we are so incredibly honored by that. And we love you guys so dearly with all of our hearts. And I'm excited to take in this word from Pastor Andrew this morning. So get your notepads ready. Get your pens out. You want that extra credit in heaven. Can I get an amen? But I'm looking forward to this. And what an incredible follower and leader of Jesus that we have today. Can we give it up one more time for Pastor Andrew? Well, how's everybody today? Amen. Well, it is a beautiful day, and uh, we pastor in Wisconsin, and so I want to give kudos to you because we only have like six nice weekends a year, and so thank you for choosing to be in church for one of the six nice weekends uh, of the year, and uh, just um, just so grateful, so thankful for what God is doing, thankful uh, to be here. Um, thank you, Pastor TJ, and thank you, uh, Pastor Melissa, and um, just for the invitation invitation for allowing us um, to be uh, together with you as uh, Pastor TJ said well they're they're getting some stuff out for us um, we, we get the privilege um, to serve as um, overseers uh, for you guys and um, and uh, I just love I love that your pastors uh, lead by example amen are you grateful for, for pastors that have oversight and um, they're, they're a part of they're, they're a part of the next level. Um, relational network, uh, which is a group of pastors that that we, we just we exist to help pastors lead healthy and high impact lives and churches. And um, uh, we, we get to uh, we get in a call. How many of you ha- have heard your pastor ask you to be in a small group before? Let me see your hand. Anybody? Yeah. All right. And, and so know that your pastor's in a small group. Uh, he gets together every month with a group of other pastors, and we encourage one another through difficult seasons and difficult times. And uh, I just honor Pastor TJ and Pastor um, Melissa um, just just so, so greatly. We just are, are thankful for you. Um, I also want to honor my wife, Shyla, is here on the front row. Um, she is an amazing woman. She's the, the mama of our church, and um, I honor you. Thank you um, for being here with me this morning. I honor our 414 Church family. Uh, we have an incredible team, which allows us to be here uh, on a Sunday morning, and so I'm thankful for them. And um, uh, how many of you like fun facts? How many of you like fun facts? Um, so, so this is kind of a little bit of, uh, Pastor TJ already kind of alluded to this uh, a few moments ago, but we, we spent our first five and a half years 
experience as a church, a portable in a high school much like this one. And so as Shyla and I were walking around this morning and watching uh, the team work, it just brought so, so, many, uh, so many memories, uh, came flooding back to see the team uh, serving. But the fun fact is this is actually a homecoming for my wife Shyla because she went to Horlicks High School in ninth and 10th grade. I won't say what year it was because I'll get in trouble. Um, but it was more than five years ago, all right? Um, and so for her to walk around, she was showing me, oh, that's where I had art class. And you know that sculpture that we've moved 30 times? That's where I made it in that room, right, kind of right behind us. And so uh, we just feel, we feel at home and just uh, thankful to, to be here. I, I do have a word to preach uh, to you today. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you're, if any of you are comfortable being in a talkback church, but we have a talkback church. So if you like something, you can talk back, say amen, you can clap your hands, that, that, that's fine, that'll make me, make me feel at home. But, but really what I want is, is my prayer is that this word would settle in your heart. I, I'm so grateful for what God is doing, um, not, not only around the world, but in southeastern Wisconsin specifically. I'm thankful for the people that are coming to know Jesus. I'm thankful um, for the miracles that we are seeing in the local church. But here is what I have learned in almost 10 years of pastoring a church plant is that every level of advancement requires a greater level of responsibility. It requires a greater level of commitment. It requires a greater level of personal growth. And, and I don't know about you, but, but personally, as Shyla and I, as we've gone through these seasons and new seasons of advan advancement, uh, we found ourselves asking this question. I, I don't know if you've ever been there, but, but we found ourselves asking God, God, there's still more that you want from us. God, uh, there's still more that you want to do in us. God, there's still more that you need to develop on the inside of us. There, there's still more, God. I feel like I've given everything to you so many times, but, but there's still something else that I'm, that I'm holding on to. And, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but, but honestly, when these seasons of transition come, I'm not always jumping up and down for those things, Pastor T.J., because what I've learned is personal growth hurts. Sanctification, what is that? That's being molded into being more like Jesus isn't always an easy process. Yet, yet, yet what we've learned is that is what is required if we're going to advance. That's what's required if we're going to take more territory for the kingdom of God. And make no mistake about it, soul revival exists to take back the kingdom of darkness and restore what the enemy has taken away. And so numerous uh, places throughout scripture, we, we find a powerful visual metaphor of a potter shaping clay on a wheel. And God, who is creator, is always represented as the potter. And, and you and I, mankind, the created, is, is represented as the clay. If you've got your Bibles, you can uh, open them to Isaiah chapter 64. And beginning in verse 8, it says this, And yet, O Lord... You are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. In Psalms 119.73, it says, Your hands have made me. Your hands have fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. And so the ancient potter's wheel was an ingenious device that was used for creating uh, pottery. It consisted of a flat circular uh, platform, usually made out of stone or wood that was mounted horizontally on a spindle and, and, and it would spin. And so uh, I wanted to bring a potter's wheel, but I don't know many people that have them. And then we walked in the hall and there's like 30 of them uh, back there, but, but we can just use our imaginations right now. So I've got this little wheel here, this lazy Susan, this is a potter's wheel, all right? Just come on, how many of you, it's been a long time since you've used your imagination, right? And so the, the potter would sit and the wheel would spin. And as the wheel would spin, he would grab the clay and, and, and he would mold it. And he would use various tools to, to shape it and texture it. And, and it's interesting that as you study uh, the potter and you study the making of pottery, the biggest challenge that a skilled potter faces is the quality of the clay. 
It's weird because we know that clay really is dirt, right? But the clay has to be clean. It has to be pliable. It has to have the proper water content uh, in order for a quality vessel to be created. And, and in the spiritual realm, the challenge for God who is the potter is much the same. The challenge for God is always the clay. It's you and I. And like clay, you and I, we are full of impurities and full of imperfections. But, but here's the difference between us and clay is, is this clay is an inanimate object. But you and I today, we have what, we is, what, what is called free will. You and I, we have the ability to choose. And because of our will and uh, because of our agenda and, and because of, can I just preach to you for a moment, our avoidance of the uncomfortable seasons in life. And because of our avoidance of the delay seasons where God is trying to mold us and, and shape us. And, and, and when those tough seasons come, sometimes you and I, we, we have a tendency to say, you know what? I don't want to be on the wheel anymore. Let me just jump off and get to a place that's so much comes so much easier. It's interesting to me that that a piece of clay isn't really worth that much. In fact, this is a a five pound piece of clay. This costs less than than fifteen dollars. However, uh, a beautiful pottery vase, when you see it all finished and and all painted, it can be worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And why is that? It's because the useless clay becomes valuable because of the workmanship that's been invested in it. In other words, on my own, I can't accomplish Pastor TJ very much. On my own. I'm not very good at very much but when the touch of the potter's hand comes upon my life God can use me to create something beautiful so it's interesting as you read through scripture the prophet Jeremiah he he wrote about the potter and the clay and Jeremiah just to give you a little background he was known as the weeping Prophet, because he witnessed little success as he ministered to Judah. And Jeremiah was often, he was, he was brokenhearted and, and he was reduced to tears because of the, the backslidden state of his nation. And so one day, God wakes him up in the morning and gives him an, ass, an assignment. In, in Jeremiah chapter 18, it says this, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop. And I will speak to you there. And so I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar that he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it. Everybody say crushed it. He crushed it into a lump of clay again, and he started all over. And then the Lord gave me this message. He said, oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? And as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. And then Jeremiah proceeds to give the people of God another warning to, to change their ways, to, to change their direction. But, but once again, they ignored him. And then we'd flip over to chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Now, now I want you to remember when, when, when this was written, there weren't chapters and verses. So, so this is actually a continuation. Um, they just put the chapters and verse marks there so we could find it and, and tell you where to turn in the Bible. Um, but, but Jeremiah now has, in verse 18, he spent the day at the potter's house. And then he's watching the clay get built up. He's watching it get broken down and built up again and fashioned into something useful. And then Jeremiah 19, 1, it says, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, go and buy a clay jar and then ask some of the leaders of the people and the priests to follow you. And then he says this, go out through the gate of broken pots. Everybody say broken pots. To the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and give them this message. Let me just pause here and give you a brief history. The gate of broken pots, it's also known as the potsherd gate. And biblical historians believe that the name of this gate came to be because there were many potters who worked in this area. 
And when the clay wasn't the right consistency and and when the finished product couldn't stand the test of the fire, the strengthening process, they would simply be thrown away. They were simply discarded. And so so when the Bible is talking about this area, this was essentially an industrial waste dump. And there were many, many broken vessels that littered this area. There were so many that it became known as the gate of broken pots. It was a wasteland filled with broken pieces, hear me, that once held so much potential. Verse 10, it says, as these men watch you, Jeremiah, I want you to smash the jar that you brought. Then say to them, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says, as this jar lies shattered, so I will shatter the people of Judah and Jerusalem beyond all hope of repair. They will bury the bodies here in Topeth, the garbage dump, until there is no more room for them. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will bring disaster upon this city and its surrounding towns as I promise. Watch this. Because you have stubbornly refused to listen to me. I wonder how many of us could say in our lives that there's been moments in our spiritual journey where we have stubbornly refused to listen to the voice of the Lord. And and, and while this passage is a prophetic word given to the nation of Israel for their repeated disobedience, I believe that there is an important spiritual application that we can glean for our lives today. And it's this, we can choose to stay on the wheel or we can choose the field. We have a choice today. We can choose to stay on the wheel or we can choose the field. Despite the discomfort, despite the squeeze, we can choose to remain pliable in the master's hand or we can say, you know what, God, I'm done with this. God, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anymore. God, I I don't want to face the pressure anymore. And we can make that choice, and instead of remaining on the wheel, we can take ourselves up off the wheel. But listen, if we choose to remove ourselves from the wheel, we are destined to end up in the field. It's our choice today. It's the wheel or the field. And so today what I want to do is I want to help us. How do we stay on the wheel? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing that you can do to stay on the wheel is is stay surrendered to God's will. Stay surrendered to God's will. Every, Every one of us need to remember that we are the clay that God is the potter, that he is the creator, that he knows the end from the beginning. And the creator, the one who, who the Bible says wove us together, the one who holds the blueprint for our life, the one who holds the plan for our lives, I, I just want to tell you that, that he knows so much better than you and I know in our own limited understanding. And so we must set aside our own desires. We must let go of our own agenda and we must trust God's plan for our lives let me tell you this especially especially during the difficult seasons so I have a choice today I I, I can choose to to stay surrendered to his will I can choose to to remain on the wheel so that God can continue to form me and continue to shape me. Or I can assume that I know what's best and then when I remove myself from the wheel, I choose the field. How do I stay on the wheel? Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Always stay humble. Always stay humble. Clay is a humble material. Clay is often overlooked. Clay is typically passed over. It's not like gold. It's not like silver. It's not like the other precious metals, the gems and the diamonds. In fact, when when I fell in love with Shiloh, I didn't ask her to marry me and get down on a knee and give her a lump of clay and say, hey, this is my commitment to you, right? 
Hopefully none of you did that here, right? Right? No, nobody, nobody wants clay. In fact, mom's in the house. You, you're trying to, to keep it out of your house. And so for clay to become anything of value, it is dependent on the potter's touch. And if we're to stay on the wheel, we must recognize this fact that, Lord, without you, I am nothing. Lord God, every good thing that I am, every good thing that I have isn't because of me. It's because of your grace and because of your mercy and because of your favor in my life. It's because of the potter's hands. And so we must stay humble. We are truly powerless without his guidance and without his direction. And so once again, we come to these seasons where, where, where the choice is ours. Am I going to remain humble? Am I going to remain on the wheel where God's hand can touch and direct me? Or am I going to start walking around thinking that I know more than I do and start walking around with a haughty and a proud and arrogant spirit and start to lean not on his strength but on my own strength and in my own understanding what I'm doing is I'm choosing the field how do I stay on the wheel number three we need to recognize the need for patience recognize the need for patience as you study how the potter works shaping clay on a potter's wheel is a slow and deliberate process. Actually, if you jump online and, and, and watch some tutorials on YouTube, pottery is a, is a nuanced work of art. There, there's technique and, and there's all of these skills. And, and I was reading one, one artist was talking about, someone asked, how come you charge so much for your, for your finished pieces? And, and they said, well, from, from, from the time that I grabbed that lump, lump of clay to what you see in the store window, sometimes it's three and a half or four weeks worth of work for one vessel. And I want you to know today in, in much the same way, the work that God performs on our lives is too often slow and it's often deliberate. And that flies in the face of our culture, right? Because, I, I mean, we're, we're in the microwave culture. We're in the, in the fast food culture. We want it right now, and we want it our way. But, but listen, we've got to learn when it comes to our spiritual journey, when it comes to where God is taking us, that, that we've got to be patient, and we've got to, to trust his timing, and, and we've got to know that, you know what, even though I don't see it right now, I know, Lord, that you are working together all things according to my good. Lord, I may not be where I want to be right now, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Lord, I can be patient. And so the choice, the choice is ours. We can, we can stay on the wheel. We can, we can let the master mold us and shape us. We can, we can trust the process even though we aren't seeing the progress that we like. Or we can get tired of waiting. Pastor TJ, I've seen too many people in the last 10 years who've gotten tired of waiting on the wheel. And they've gotten up and they've taken things into their own hands. And because they've gotten up off the wheel, they're destined to end up in the field somewhere broken. How do I stay on the wheel? Number four, if you're taking notes, write this down. We need to embrace the beauty of brokenness. We need to embrace the beauty of brokenness. At times, a potter, when, when making a vessel out of clay, they'll be forming it up and they'll, and they'll encounter an imperfection. And the only way to get rid of that imperfection is to, is to pull it out. And then they take that form vessel and they smash it all the way down to nothing. They put it back to a lump and they start the vessel all 
over again. And I, I just want to tell you, I know that this isn't a popular thing. This is probably one of the least favorite points that I'm going to present to you today. But, but listen, there are seasons that we go through where God allows us to experience brokenness in our lives. There are times that we go through loss and we wonder, God, it isn't supposed to hurt this way. And God, why is it so hard? And God, why is it so difficult? And the reason he has us walk through those things is because he knows there's something on the inside of us that where he's taking us to, we can't get there. So he puts us through some situations where he can do some spiritual surgery. He can reshape us into something more beautiful. I don't know about you, but I've walked through seasons. And I'm like, God, it feels like you're breaking everything down. I remember the, the first year we planted our church and, and we, we just had some people that were, I'll just say it because this isn't my church. You can clean this up after I leave, but, but they, they allowed the devil to use them. Let's just put it that way. And they sowed discord and they, and they, and they sowed all kinds of confusion and, and, and we had put our life into this. You need to understand this about your pastors. This isn't just something that they get up and haphazardly think about Sunday morning. Like, is there anything like us? We put our entire retirement into our church plant and we emptied out the savings account for the home that we had saved up to buy for a while because we were all in it and so I can remember going through this 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 church that we loved and it was a baby church and and we were struggling to hold on and we were we were struggling to make ends meet and and, and it just felt like all of a sudden boom somebody gets all crazy and, and we lost half of our church TJ the entire worship team in one week our youth leaders, and, and, and we lost our, our small group coordinator. And it, it was a difficult time, and, and it hurt my heart. But, but I want you to know that, that through that season, God was doing a work in my life, and, and he was taking some things out of me, some, some pride that I didn't even know was there, and, and some ulterior motives that, that I didn't even recognize were there. Why? Because he knew that he had something for us. But to get to where he was calling us to go, I had to embrace embrace a season of brokenness. Why? Because in my current position, in my current condition, I can't be yet who God has designed me to be. And so here's the thing. If you're in the room and you're in a season of brokenness, the hope that we can cling to is that the brokenness is not the end of the story. Come on, some of you need to just tell yourself, if you're sitting next to someone, tell them, this is not the end of my story. God's not finished with me yet. This is not the end, but it is a necessary part of the process. And so I have a choice. I have a choice. I can, I can stay on the wheel and let God continue to mold me and, and let God continue to shape me. I can, I can embrace the brokenness. I can embrace the working of the spirit in my life and let it transform me. Or I can just get mad. I can jump off the wheel and say, you know what, God, I've had enough. I've done everything you asked. I shouldn't be facing these obstacles and difficulties. And so because of that, I'm going to get off the wheel. And instead, when we get off the wheel, we choose the field. And we're broken. We're broken. How do we stay on the wheel? Let's just go there. Number five, if you're taking notes, is we need to lean into the power of repentance. And that's opposite to our culture. When we want to run away, don't, don't tell me that I've done anything wrong. But when the potter shapes a piece of clay and it spins around on that table, what happens sometimes, and, and, and actually this happens a lot to people that have never done pottery before, is, is it gets off kilter. Right, and then it's wobbling all over the place, and the next thing you know, clay is is flying all over the room. And and so when when we get off centered, when we get off kilter, what happens is the vessel becomes misshapen. 
And there are times in our spiritual journey that, that, that we're going to get out of alignment. So listen, if you're here and you've gotten out of alignment spiritually and you needed to repent, let me just welcome you into a whole room full of people that have to repent and go before God daily saying, Oh Lord, create in me a clean heart. And so this is what I want to encourage you is, is when you're in those seasons, if we will stay on the wheel, if we'll submit to the pastors and, and the leaders that God has placed in our lives, if we'll turn away from sin, if we'll change our bad behavior, if we'll turn towards God in a posture of repentance, here's what I know, that God is faithful and he's quick to forgive those of us that come to him with a sincere heart and a contrite heart saying, here God, I may be broken, but Lord, I don't want to stay that way. God will reshape our lives. I love David. David was, well, was a man in the Old Testament. He was known after, as the man after God's own heart. And this is what he wrote in Psalms 51, verse 1. He says, have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. He said, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Listen, no matter how far we may have strayed from God's path, there is always an opportunity for restoration and renewal if we will stay on the wheel. So the choice is ours. You and I, we have a choice today. I can choose like David. David, in fact, David even prayed, Lord, forgive the things that I did that I didn't even know were wrong. He just, he, he walked in this posture. We can, we can stay in that posture and, and stay on the wheel where God can mold us or shape him. Or we can do what our culture is doing. Can I, can I just preach for a moment and just tell you, we, this culture is, is so, listen, we were a nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And our nation has walked away from it. And we just like to walk around and say, well, God, everybody else is doing it why can't I do it God does your word really say that I should live a separated life God does your word really say that that I should come out from among them and be ye separate does your word really say come on God I've got rights I'm an American and listen when we carry that attitude what we're doing is we're choosing the field choosing the field only to be broken how do we stay on the wheel Number six is this, always persevere. Always persevere. The potter's wheel requires perseverance. The potter's wheel requires attention to detail. Listen, a magnificent vessel is not created in seconds. And I want you to know that the same thing is true in our spiritual growth. It is going to require what God has for you. It is going to require perseverance. It's going to require perseverance in seasons that you want to give up. It's going to require perseverance in times that you just want to throw your hands up in distress. It's going to require commitment in your journey. Listen, you and I, we need to stay focused on God's plan for our lives even when the process is difficult and especially when it is slow. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, watch this, that he who has begun a good work in you might complete it. Right? No, no, he's not going to might complete it. He will complete it. Listen, what God started, if we will persevere, he is going to bring us through. We must push through the dark nights. We must push through the difficult times. We must push through the seasons where it seems like our prayers aren't being heard. We've got to push through the storms of life. We must remain on the wheel. Let me just give a shout out. Thank you, Revival Squad. I know it isn't always 
easy on Sunday morning when that alarm goes off at 5.15 or 6.15. I know that there's so much pulling for your time and your talent and treasure, but let me just come here and encourage you. You've remained faithful and you've preserved and you've chosen to remain on the wheel where you can use your life to make an eternal difference. Someone on the other side one day when you get to heaven is going to look at you and like because you waved in the street and pulled off the road I came into a church and, and I gave my life to Jesus. Thank you. Listen, I want you to know that what you're doing when you serve here, you are doing something that makes an eternal difference. I know it's hard. Matthew 24, 13 says it this way. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So the choice is ours. I can stay on the wheel. I can let God continue to use me even though I'm tired. I can let God continue to mold me and shape me even though it would be easier just to think that somebody else could do it. Or I can say, you know what, I'm sick of it. I don't like what you're making God. And I can remove myself from the wheel. Pastor TJ, it breaks my heart. I've had so many people over the years say, I just, Pastor, I just need a break. Pastor, I just need, I, I, I just need some me time. And, and, and Shiloh will tell you every single one of those times it isn't long before their life is completely falling apart and, and they're away from God and, and they've stopped coming to church and, and then their marriage is in trouble and, and their kids are in trouble. Why? Because they made the decision to get off the wheel and go to the fields. I wonder if there'd be anybody in the room today that says, you know what? I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay on the wheel. I didn't tell them this, Pastor TJ and Pastor Melissa, would you come up here and join me? You didn't tell me earlier, so all is fair. Come on, do you love your pastors? take a moment and, and honor you because God placed a dream in your heart to plant Soul Revival Church. And because we walked the process, I know what you walked through. You, you built a team. I bet you most of them aren't even here now. If you're as good of a pastor as I was, they were all gone by the end of year one. You raised money. You got a sponsored church. And even though it was hard, you worked a full-time job, you've got a dynamic, busy, bustling household with your young boys, but you remained on the wheel. You remained in that place where God could use you and Soul Revival was launched in the fall of 2019. And then, and then this, is, this is what's crazy is, is 2020 comes along and you, you remember those calls we were on as pastors, like it was great, 2020 vision, this is the year, we're taking it guys, yeah. Perfect vision, right? We all talked about it. Nobody could see what was coming, right? What happened in March, right? COVID-19 and schools shut down and corporate gatherings were canceled and we were told to be, to be social distanced. And, and I mean, our, our church was several more years, five and a half years old at that time. And I wondered if we would have a church left because we were mobile right up until then. But you stayed on the wheel. Pastor TJ and Melissa, you, you had services at the beach. And then you moved into an old bank and had balconies everywhere and people like swing. I'm sure you were, were you afraid that kids were going to just come flying off in the middle of the sermon? Like, like you persevered. Yeah, you were, I know. <laughs> and you had this baby of a church 
Would it last? Would there be any team left? And, and I know because we've walked the journey in the time since you planted, you've experienced loss and you've experienced betrayal and you've experienced pain and you've, you've experienced doubts and, and it's been hard. It's been, it's been hard on you personally and it's been hard on your family and it's been, it's been hard on your marriage. But through it all, you made the choice. I'm going to stay on the wheel. And come on, look at what the Lord has done. 546 decisions have been made since this church launch where people have said, you know what, I'm going to say yes to Jesus, come on, I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Those people that you're looking at that have the things that, that, that look like the dream that God has placed in your heart. Listen, it's come because there was a grind. And so I just want to encourage you today as a voice of influence in your life. Would you stay on the wheel? Would you remain, remain faithful? Because here's what the Bible says. In due season, we will reap what? If we faint not. Come on, I came to give you a word today that the word due season in school we had due dates and day that it is going to come there is a day that it will come God has already established it but you just got to remain on the wheel and say you know what Lord I will be faithful so I've got this vase here some of you are freaking out right now you know what happens when I walk over here no I'm not going to do that I want to give you this vase. If you keep it in your office, keep it in your basement, I don't care, wherever you keep it. But every time you look at it, I want it to be a reminder to you that, God, I'm going to finish what you started in me. I'm going to finish what you've called us to do. And it doesn't matter what numbers come or don't come. It doesn't matter when the building comes or doesn't come. As long as I have breath in my lungs, I am going to remain on the wheel. And I am going to be faithful. And in due season, he is going to make something so beautiful that you will not even be able to comprehend what you're seeing. So I have to land this plane. We have a choice to make today. Will it be the wheel? Or will it be the field? When the son that God promised to Abraham, when it seemed like it would never come, Abraham remained faithful and stayed on the wheel. Moses, who delivered the children of Israel, out of Egypt, Moses was a stammerer. Moses couldn't put two sentences together without stuttering, but yet Moses remained on the wheel. In spite of all of his imperfections, Moses stayed in that place. Have you ever read the story of Paul? When you read the story of Paul the apostle, it is a tale of horrors. His suffering in the gospel never seemed to end, but yet Paul remained faithful and stayed on the wheel. I know it's not been a very deep word today, but, but I believe that the Holy Spirit has sent me today to give a prophetic word to some of you sitting in the audience today. Because there are some of you that people have told you that you didn't hear from God and that isn't your dream and there's all kinds of naysayers in your life. Can I just encourage you, stay on the wheel. There are some of you that you have a calling, yet there are people that have spoken and said, no, no, God didn't call you to that. Come on, I just encourage you, stay faithful and stay on the wheel. Some of you have been told that, that you don't have the talent. You don't have what it takes. Before we planted the church, TJ, I had someone, I sat in their office, a man that I respected, and he told me every reason that I wasn't qualified to pastor and lead a church. But listen, if that's where you're at, just stay on the wheel because God brings the fruit, not anybody else. That dream that God's placed inside of you that you're almost too afraid to utter because we live in a world that's full of dream killers. Come on, if you've got a God-breathed dream, I just encourage you, stay 
on the wheel. Satan is going to tempt you to forget about ministry. He's going to tempt you to walk away from serving others. But listen, I just encourage you, stay on the wheel. You're going to battle temptation. You're going to stumble and you're going to fall. But stay on the wheel because the Holy Spirit can make it right. You're going to be tempted to run away. You're going to be tempted to quit. You're going to be tempted to abandon the call of God on your life. But I just came to encourage you, stay on the wheel, the work of the wheel is not completed until we finish our earthly race. Here's what I want you to hear from me today. The, the choice between the wheel or the field, it's not a one-time choice. It's a decision that you're going to have to make over and over and over and over again. And as you read through the scriptures, it's sad. Think of King Saul and Solomon and Gehazi and King Uzziah and Ananias and Sapphira. Every single one of those people, they had great calling and great destiny. But every one of them got up off the wheel and ended up broken. They ended up in the, in the potter's field full of broken dreams and broken promises and, and shattered lives. I, I've gone too long and I don't have the time to, to preach this, but let me just put this in your mind and you can chew on this later this week. The, the money that Judas received for betraying Jesus. The 30 pieces of silver, it was, it was blood money. And afterwards, because of his guilt, the Bible says that he brought it back to the religious leaders and he, and he threw that bag down on the ground and, and the coins scattered everywhere. And, and because it was blood money, it could not be used in the service of the temple. And so listen, this is crazy. The scripture tells us that they gathered up that silver that was used to betray Jesus. And what did they do? They bought the potter's field. Why was it the potter's field? Because it was filled with broken vessels. But listen, but Jesus' blood, I'm so excited about this, bought the ones that were willing and are willing to stay on the wheel. You don't have to end up in the broken field. You can end up and stay on the wheel. If we stay on the wheel, the end result will be beautiful and useful. I love what God is doing here in Racine, but if you want to continue to reach others, see this auditorium filled. See your family saved. See your unsaved children come, come to Jesus. Listen, you've got to stay on the wheel. Make the commitment today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, the worship team is joining us. There are some of you here, and the truth is that you're not on the wheel. Your life is, is broken in pieces. I, I know you can't see this down here, but there's pieces of pottery everywhere, shattered. But this is the good news. You may not be on the wheel now, but Jesus can and he wants to put you back together again. It's not too late. There's still time right now to say, Lord, I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm tired of going my own direction. And so right now I choose to get on the wheel. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins. And so with no one looking around, if that's you, I want to pray for you. So would you just lift your hand right now and say, hey, Pastor, would you count me in that prayer? I'm ready to come back to Jesus. I'm ready to, to have him be the Lord of my life. Thank you. There's a hand in the back. Thank you. There's another hand here. Thank you. This is the greatest decision that you could ever make. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? I give you my life. And Lord, there's not much of worth. I'm broken. I'm, I'm flawed. But Lord, right now, I receive what you did for me at Calvary. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. 
would you wash me? Cleanse me. Lord, I repent of my sins, which means I'm tired of going my own direction. Instead, Lord, I'm right now I'm making the commitment to pursue you. Thank you for adopting me into your family. Thank you for beginning the process of putting me back together again. Holy Spirit, right now I pray for every, everyone else in the room. There are those that walked in today feeling like they were going to give up. There are those that have walked in that are discouraged and, and, and they're hurt and they're, they're tired. And Lord Jesus, right now, I ask that you would bring a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, and in this room right now, doubt is fleeing and fear is fleeing and worrying is fleeing. And right now, in its place comes peace confidence and joy and hope because Father as long as we remain on the wheel your word promises us that you will never leave us that you will never forsake us and so right now I pray that you would comfort everyone that mourns Lord, every person that's walked in with a spirit of heaviness, Lord, right now, would you let that be lifted? Lord God, send ministering angels right now to minister to those who are hurting and broken. And Lord God, I pray right now for a, a move of your spirit of holy boldness. Lord, your word says that, 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 that rejoice not against me, O oh my enemies, when I fall, I shall arise. And I just, I just feel right now, just in the spiritual realm, that there are some soldiers that, that have slunk back because they've been so beat up in the journey. Right now, would you begin to rise? Put your shoulders back. Walk in your true identity as a beloved son of the Most High God. Walk in your true identity as a beloved daughter of the Most High God. You have been called. He sees you. He knows you. And if you will trust His plan, He'll bring you through. We ask this all in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.